0: to this the third and final installment of our illford adventure tonight it's going to be our site tour so you will hear our visits to emulsion manufacturing which is where they make all the different emulsions for the different films on site uh, the coating plant where those said emotions get applied to all the film and papers and finally uh, the finishing plant um, the particular part of which we went to see was where the 35 millimeter cassettes are getting loaded up uh, which was very cool because had all they machines buzzing around and little FP4 trains, and it was quite magical. Um, this is actually a reverse of the order that we did the tour in. We did the tour ass-backwards, which was quite fitting for us. And at the end of the show, we've also got a little bit where we chatted to Michelle and Matt, who we spoke to in the last show, about their new dark darkroom. Um, Ilford have just got a new purpose-built darkroom uh, started up for doing demonstrations and stuff like that, so that was very interesting too. Um, I hope you enjoy it lots of really interesting stuff real a real mixture of technical stuff in here the audio quality as forewarned is all over the map Uh, it is not great because it's a factory so you know you're just gonna have to bear with them afraid but hopefully the quality of the content will more than make up for it we will be back on thursday if you can bear to hear from us again um until then enjoy and goodbye
1: I'm Kevin Oxen and I'm um, Head of Manufacturing.
0: And how long have you been here, Kevin?
1: Uh, in October, it'll be 36 years. 36 years. Another lifer. It is, yeah, well, there's lots of lifers <laughs> around.
2: <laughs> so we're going to go on a little tour now of the uh, of the whole site. Yes. 46 acres.
0: So did you start working for Ilford when this site was fired up in the 1980s? I, I actually started in
1: Essex in Brentwood. Oh,
0: really? So you were... But when I joined, I knew I was moving back up to Mobley.
1: Yeah. Um, so I was in Essex for about... When I first joined, I said I'd be there for about three or four months. It ended up being about eight months I was down there. And moved up here in summer 83. So that building, because I was a research scientist back then, um, that was brand new building when we walked into it. Uh,
0: <laughs> It's wearing its years a bit Which, more yes, now. Yes, that's right. Yes. And so, obviously, you've been here through. Well, the 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 second very much the thin
1: of it. Very much so. Yes, it's. Um, there's been times that have not been pleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've worked in manufacturing. And obviously, well, around about 90, 1990, I moved into manufacturing
0: we've suffered a bit of pain since in those yeah. times. So what's kept you here? Because I would imagine that somebody with your background and your skills, when things got particularly mm, yeah. particularly poor, there must have at least yeah. been a temptation to go, well,
3: yeah.
0: I, I, my, my field is quite a vibrant field in general, but this aspect of it isn't. What yeah. kept you here at Ilford?
1: Um, I think it's the atmosphere and the people who work here, really. I mean, it's we have a lot of loyalty um, our staff turnover over is incredibly small yeah even with the troubles that we've had yeah um which is great in one way it brings its problems in another way yeah. but um, long-standing yeah, resentments can right. really simmer <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, you know it, it was that that kept me and i you know when we went into receivership which was the worst time um i always thought there was a business that would survive, really. I don't think the receivers thought that when they first walked through the doors, but uh, and clearly there was business to survive. So and
2: clearly, you proved them wrong.
1: Yes, and we're now, you know, for the, you know, we're starting to turn the corner, and uh, you know, it's much better place to work for now. Uh, really,
2: you're yeah. all sensing that yeah, movement, that
1: and it. yeah. I mean, there's still a lot of the um, history that are there with for some people. Yeah. And, With that staff turnover, it can't be two better places people would go. Yeah,
2: exactly. And um, just so uh, our listeners understand what is going on there, that is the the flight path, isn't it? We're right under the flight path for the Manchester airport, I believe. Um, So uh, that keeps us busy. Yeah. It
0: it must be, I mean, as you said, with the low staff turnover and the fact that there are so many people who have been here so long, the fact that the company is, in some ways, it seems to be changing... More now than it probably has done, yeah. for even longer than the turnover. Because when the takeover, when the takeover happened, obviously that the management that was in place then bought the company out. Yeah. Um. And so structurally, I can't imagine that there were a lot of significant changes, except in scaling down. Where yeah, I mean, there was lots
1: of changes in numbers. Um. We effectively lost half the workforce in the service. Here and that happened in a week. Good grief. Um, I was a ship manager at, uh, um, well, like you know, I was head of operations at, uh, and um, I got a week to cut the
0: workforce, and oh my God, that must have been awful. Yeah. And um, how much, well, I suppose most of the workforce now is local, but how much of the workforce at that time were people who had come up from Essex when the company had moved? Um, there was a fair few, um, not so much in the production areas,
1: but certainly scientists and some of the other um, in some of the other functions that uh, moved from Essex. There was a lot of getting used to and of course when we first went in the receivership, after that first week, we still didn't know whether we were going to be there for a week, a month, because um, it took until... I think we to receive it in August 4, and the management buyout officially took place in February 05. Yeah. So that was an uncertain period as well. Yeah. Was.
4: So. Uh, my name's Andrew Cross. I'm the Emulsion Plant Plant Manager. And how uh, long have you been with the company for? <laughs> well, we saying to Kevin earlier this earlier this week. Our, our combined um, time on site is, with the business is 35 years. So, sorry, it's 65 years. 65 Kevin, years. Kevin's been here for 35 years, and I've been here for 30 years. Uh, we're both R&D uh, chemists. Yeah. We both went into uh, uh, production as shift managers. Well, first into into technical arena, then into be shift managers. We've both been operations managers. Kevin's now um, looking after all of manufacturing, and I'm I'd look after the emulsion plant and looking after um, some large investment projects as well.
2: A
3: cup of
4: tea on the way in, but it's like, um, sort of. it looks like tofu. It <laughs> is, that's a, it's a good, that's a good uh, analogy. It's not something that you would press around with your finger, but this is. Um, Silver halide crystals dispersed ah, in in uh, in, cool. in gelatin, called in the um, in in photo manufacturing industry as emulsion. Oh, yeah. um, so uh, these are small crystals of uh, silver halide that are uh, smaller than you would see, They've obviously with the naked eye. Yeah. So they're just over a a, a a micron in size, so a millionth. Uh, of a meter, a thousandth of a millimeter. So they're, they're very, they're very, very small, um, and they're made in in gelatin at a temperature of around about forty degrees, depending on the product time you're making. Um, but that's sufficient to keep the product molten. So you grow the crystals in in uh, in, in gelatin, yeah, uh, and then uh, you carry out various uh, reactions and activities with, with the crystals before they then cool down and set uh, and what you see there is set emulsion. which when you warm it up uh, akin to a, g- a jelly that you would make at home that, that would then uh, uh, become a, a, a liquid again so it can be pumped uh, additions can be made to it, and then it can be pumped around in, in pumped in the coating machine to the coating head, where it can be spread on um, film paper base. So, the, the two
0: main differences, oh, to my never that you guys have in film, is the difference between the um, traditional films like HP5 and FP4 and all that, and the Delta films. Is correct. Um, is it at the crystal growing stage that those differences are, are brought to bear? Is correct.
4: Yeah. So. Um, If I were making a conventional uh, crystal um, wheel of HP5, uh, FP4, Pan-F, some of the components of of, uh, multigrade are also made using a conventional technique where silver nitrate and various salts are uh, dropped. Uh, under controlled conditions, into a, a, a dilute gelatin solution, and those crystals uh, then nucleate, and then we add reagents to ensure that they grow to the to, to, to the right size before the growth is terminated, and then they're sent to the next stage, where the um, re- the redundant ions that are left from that part of the process are taken away. So there's a desalination um, undertaken, and also. Um, that's quite uh, diluted at that, that stage as well, so um, some of the uh, excess waters are, are, are removed as well. If compare that with the... so that was conventional growth, if you compare that with the, um, so that um, the techniques that we would use for under delta, 400 delta, uh delta, uh, warm tone, the express emulsions—they're all um, the, the growth doesn't take place in, in a vessel, but in the uh, in, in the uh, in, in a pump. So the, the 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 salts are the silver nitrate and the halide salts are injected into the faceplate of a a pump and then recirculated around a system that includes a a, 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 a containment vessel as well and you can change the uh, nature of the salts, the halides that you're adding so that you can get a layer of uh, silver bromide, a layer of uh, iodobromide you can even start with a crystal in the middle and then grow on top of that so that you get different shells of um, of emulsion of uh, silver halides that are growing success- uh, successively uh, on those on those crystal surfaces it was very a very different uh, te- te- technique here you would have a uh, homogeneous crystal it would be the same uh, composition all the way through the through, through the crystal and that isn't the case here if you section it you'll get different layers the next stage of the process is to receive the crystals into a different area of the, uh, the plant where the crystals, in the case of a film, would just be blue-sensitive. Um, and you need to make them pan- panchromatic, so they would pick up your shirt, but they wouldn't pick up uh, any, any flesh tones. So you had a cocktail of green and red sensitive dyes to extend the sensitivity from red through green, and so from blue through, through green in, red, in yeah. into uh, into red, and for uh, SFX yeah. we had a far red dyes as, uh, as well. So we had. Um, Uh, panchromatic dyes to make them uh, sensitive to to, an extended range and we also add Sensitizers so that we actually get uh, uh, on the surface specks of gold and silver sulphide so that they uh, make the emulsions many thousand times faster than they would have been a hundred years ago. The final stage of the process is to uh, put the emulsion, is to transfer the emulsion um, into a different area of the plant where it's cooled, allowed to cool, and then dropped into. Uh, like tight bags which we'll show you uh, and then they're put into a fridge Do you mind before we move on from this It's obviously
0: one of the most important parts is the gelatin that all this is suspended in um, I, I know in recent weeks you kind of, for some reason it just into to surface people have gone hang on a second that means that film's not vegan is there um is there ever any sort of what else that could be used instead? Of, it was like, well, no, actually, because of the properties of gelatin, it really does make it a uniquely suitable pro- uh, product.
4: We've it. looked at all sorts of, uh, of gelatin uh, latices and all the types of additives over over the years, and in some parts of the process, you can do that. But in terms of emulsion growth, we find that that's it's the best medium for for, for growing it. And yeah. We're not alone in that. No, I mean, no the it's... gel is 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 is, uh, is 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 treated. um So in terms of um, of, um, of high temperature and, and uh, acids as well to make sure that the that there's no nothing left over from the, from, from their from their origin yeah. from, from their origins. Yeah. Their, their, as you know, they're uh, the bone and, and, and hide. Yeah. So it's really? horses for courses. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 Everything that's this side of the corridor are process rooms. And everything behind me are plant rooms where we're making water, monitoring, looking at the at the uh, air, air conditions. Um, so the plant is arranged in different rooms on two floors, and so the batch is zigzag through the building, through the ceiling, the floor, from one end to from the left to the right. At the far end are all the raw materials. At the right-hand end are the is it, the finished product, the emulsion contained in bags, and it's hands-free. There's no need, or very little need, for anybody to go into these areas.
2: So we just went into the cold storage, basically. That,
4: that, that was the cold store. We're going to take you to the control room now.
0: So um, I, I remember reading a fact a while ago, that saying that during the 1980s, Kodak was using more silver than Anybody else on the floor, pretty much. <coughs> yeah. How much how much silver is needed to to do what you do yeah. here? Are you getting like bullion stacks of um, <laughs> silver bars turned no,
4: up? No, it no. turns up as silver nitrate um, in stainless steel containers. Yeah. Um, I told you it was it was hands free. No. So these steel, silver silver no. containers that aren't aren't open. They're sealed. They, d- d- they won't get opened on site. They're they're sealed. Um, uh, uh, c- containers. They each contain two hundred and fifty kilos of uh, silver nitrate powder, and depending on the um, our production demands, will determine how many of those we would use in yeah. I- in any week.
0: Yeah. And is there a lot of variability between how much silver is used in the different um, emulsions? Because I know we were we were talking earlier um, with Giles, Michelle, and we were talking about the differences between things like. Kentmere's, Kentmere's range and extra five, and you know the part of that is that the silver content.
4: Is there a, a great deal of variation between them? Um, yep, the the smallest batch has sixteen kilos of metallic silver in it, mm-hmm. and the largest batch has seventy kilos of oh. metallic wow. of okay. metallic silver in it. Yeah. So there is. Quite a range of uh, of, uh, of, a of of amount. Yeah. It's not just the concentration; it's the volume as well. Some of the batches are, are quite small at three at 300 kilos, yeah. and some of them are, are, are large at, uh, at more, over 1,100 kilos. So they, they do. Uh, they. they yeah, there is some variation there. Yeah.
0: And do you have? You guys are scientists making these things. Do you have some that you are particularly fond of? Are there any of the things that you, the the most you've designed and creatively is that you are particularly proud of or attached to? Or, or, or is it always the next thing? Is it always the thing that you're looking at that maybe in the future is it always
4: the thing? Well, Kevin was a developer, a product developer that made XP 2 and I was a product developer on HP5 plus roll and sheet um, the, the, the gentleman that developed the uh, HP5 plus uh, mini is still in uh, R&D and the guy that, the guy that developed uh, FP4 plus roll mini and sheet is now the managing director so so, so we've, we've all, You've all got your
0: babies as well Have there been developments in, in the world of Okay, so that you think might allow things to be taken in different ways in the future? Because it feels like since Delta uh, and Kodak's T-Gray and stuff, that there hasn't been an, an evolution of film. Do you think that that's likely, or do you think that actually the processes that we have in place now are unlikely to change significantly anytime soon? I don't think that will change. I don't think it will uh, change. No. Soon. I, I think
1: it, it, it'll be market-driven if it is. Yeah. And if, you know, if it did take off and there was other people developing new films, clearly that would be an issue for us if other people started to develop and introduce new films. We would have to um, try and match our beat. Um, but some of the materials that go out... As new films, not particularly. <laughs> 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 you're not feeling too threatened exactly, just yet. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, they don't really compete with.
0: Do you, um, do you do a lot? I mean, when, when, when you see, and I would not use the word new here, but when you see f- products that you haven't come across before hitting the market, will you bring them in here? Will you do some uh, investigation testing them just to just see what they are, see what we the competition do, is yeah, doing? Yeah, we do, yeah. yeah. We do, yeah. yeah.
5: And we've all done that to some degree. Yeah. So, yeah but you're not feeling
0: too worried just yet
4: yeah. No. yeah we sat in the control room um and i said to you that the, that the 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 process the the guys under here that runs the um the, the control room side of things will be looking uh, at the um at the at the rooms that i described mm-hmm. with you for you and this is the room where the um, rapid mixed emulsions that will be made. Um. This is the um, this is the, the plant that's manufacturing the 100 um, emulsions, the 100 delta emulsions, oh, yeah. the 400 delta emulsions, and the, the different different products. 100, 400, 300 will use a range of different. Products, emulsion products within that, that that coating, they won't just use one emulsion type. We mm-hmm. use several emulsion types. So um, the um, the rapid mixing system, which is which you'll see on here, <coughs> is being is being controlled by the process control system that is looking at all of the data that's being captured as the um, as the emulsion is being, is being made um the um, process control computer has a description of the recipe parameters that are are being used it also has software which is controlling the temperatures controlling the rates of addition um, and there are complicated algorithms that are used to change the um, addition rates as the as the salts a bit are uh, 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 being added to make sure that, um, I say, they, that, that as a crystal gets bigger, it knows that it needs to add more or less mm-hmm. um, to get the same.
3: Uh, say, it's, say it's
2: consistent. Yeah. yeah, I was going to ask a very stupid question before, but it was just about the difference between HP5 and HP5 plus, and um, from a chemical. Perspective: What the difference is, and when that happened, and how that happened. It happened in 1989,
4: okay. so 1990. Um, the, we changed a number of things. We changed the nature of the hardener, mm-hmm. um, the gelatin hardener. We changed um, the the salts, which were ammonium based, and they became um, uh, sodium based in parts because we learned that certain hardening processes were affected by Um, the presence of the ammonium salts, Mm -hmm. so that was taken away. And the hardness of the film, um, the physical hardness of the film, um, will impact upon the developability of the film, Mm -hmm. so if you've got a film that was fresh or you've got a film that was uh, a year or so old, you've got different hardness, Um, and so what the customer was seeing... Is uh, a product that could have had different variability only as not because of crystal or performance, but because of developer Mm -hmm. access into to to the crystal. So hardness was changed,
3: Mm -hmm.
4: Um, and also we changed our philosophies around how we used um, emulsions, and that in itself Mm -hmm. produced much more. Uh, reproducibility so it was mainly driven when it was entirely driven by, uh, by reproducibility and product improvement and reproducibility.
2: Thank you so much for your time, gentlemen. Yeah. This
4: is
1: number 14 machine. It was only 12 before it. No one wanted to call it number 13. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: did you really miss out on number 13?
1: We did miss number 13, yeah, mm-hmm. yes. See, even scientists That's can right, be superstitious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this was built down in Essex, um, and then in the early 80s it was all taken apart and put on lorries and shipped up the M1 and M6 uh, up to Mowgli. Um and uh, so, uh, this is ostensibly still what you're using now? This is a schematic of what we're using now. Um, I mean, design... Clearly we've
0: done various bits and pieces yeah. to it since it's been up here. But the, the basic design the basic was in 1966? Yes, that's wow. right.
1: And compared to a lot of our competitors, this would have been quite a small, slow machine. Yeah. Sure. Um, but I believe its adaptability... And its capability is what's made us survive, really. Yeah. Because competitors would add one of these for film, one of these for paper, one of these for inkjet. This machine can do all three. Yeah. And that's really what's allowed us to... you know make the difference I think is that we could get smaller very quick and still caught all our, our products.
0: Mm. I know we've we heard from the people over at um, Ferrania who are trying yeah. to get that gear. and the, the difficulty is these machines are, right. because as you said in the past they were geared up to do yeah. big quantities and they're just not well suited to no, now doing no. short runs and, yeah. and being nimble with production. Yeah, it's, um, What was the when it was made like that in the first place, why was that? Why was that? Because at the time, why did they not go the same route as everybody else? They're just making great big single-purpose um, machines. I mean, obviously at the
1: time, um, we did have a couple of machines, and one was much smaller. Um, and really, we were looking at colour versus black and white then, but then we concentrated on, on black and white. Yeah. And that's really what we made this for, was, was really for black and white materials. Yeah. It was a challenge when Inkjet came into the world and we had to try and code Inkjet. Yeah. Um, but we managed it and, it and it does add to some of our setup times and change over times, but we've we've managed to get them down to reasonable levels. Yeah. Um,
0: and by this point, intimately familiar with the machine and all its little quirks. So yeah,
1: yes. I've been in this building since nineteen ninety, so <laughs> many um, fond and not so fond memories of interactions right. Yes. So if you look down the corridor, the building's split effectively into three. On the right-hand side of the wall, that's where materials come in and coated materials go out. The middle third of the building is where the machine is, and the far third of the machine is the services and plant that provides all the uh, services for us. We caught uh, anywhere between about 30 metres a minute and 110 metres a minute. We caught anywhere from Um, 0.96 wide up to 1.56 metres wide. Now as I say, this is quite a small machine to compare to some of our competitors but um, so from unwind all the way around to rewind is about 500 metres. So the the materials come in and are lifted into the machine via these roll transfer units and scissor lifts into a two turret unwind Um, we do a single butt um, one-sided join and this section of the machine is really just about getting the base as clean as we can ready for coating. Um, so we have base cleaners blow, suck, effectively just to blow and suck air off to try and get any dirt um, off, off the base. The online magazine is just really an accumulator um, so when we want to do a roll change this section stops. Um, it, uh, the magazine closes, allows us to do the roll change, this section accelerates to fill back up so that we can carry on coating. Um, we have an all brand treater, effectively just an electronic discharge for our paper. Um, it allows the paper emulsions to stick to the base, if they didn't have that it would just float off and process it. Um,
2: we had a um, conversation with Silbera, don't we, about uh, that, and they <laughs> talked about, um, it, so it's a, an independent who have been looking at developing spin motion as right, well, yeah. and they were saying that they had that problem right. where it I just did, literally, literally yeah, it, yeah. Just yeah. disappeared. Yeah. They were like, oh, these are beautiful images. Off they go. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's from the problems. Yeah. <laughs> um, we also have, obviously, our Key bit of the kit is our coating head. We try and protect that. We have what we call Nova Thickness device, series of blades that hang across the web. If anything's included in the base that shouldn't be, it knocks a blade. Alarms up at the head. operate pulls the head out. The obstruction goes past, and then we dip back in. Yeah. And then we have to tell finishing to cut that uncoated material out. Um, on that side of the building is our wet end, which is our melting side, and this is where some of the pictures. We, these are where we take Andrew's plant, the emulsion plant, uh, as bags of emulsion. We cut them up, melt them. We add various um, chemicals, um, both to help us coat, but also for sensometric properties as well. Um, we then filter, and then we pump. Um, we have a flow meter that checks the flow rate, and we have a pulse damper to take any pulses that the pump puts into it. So we have a continuous floor going up to the head.
2: We would normally
1: recirculate um, back into the vessel until we're ready to coat. Um, we have five lines down in melting, and we can use any combinations of those. Um, we have a, an anti-curl room. Room. <laughs> Um If you use Brita, our fibre-based products? Our uh, uh, paper products?
0: The, uh, yes, yes, I actually have the, the um, direct positive stuff.
1: Um, no, that's... No, that, it's, not it's, that. no, it's our, we, we would call it brighter products. So it yep. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, I, yeah. I haven't um, tried those. Yeah. Well, they're quite curly as it is, but they'd be a lot curly if it wasn't for our own right. <laughs> We effectively pass it through a jet, of steam, uh, a jet of steam and iron it around some hot drums, effectively. Mm. Um, so that's only in place when we're doing our bright products for fibre based, uh, for resin coated paper and for film. Uh, that's not in operation
2: cuz the anti it, sorry cause the um direct positive paper definitely has it, it's a it completely yeah. different feel yeah. and it is much yeah. more curly. It is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So
0: why why is it curly? Why are, why do fiber papers curl? Um well
1: what protects the others is the resin coated material yeah. of our um and they're thinner. Um the fiber base obviously made up of a lot of fiber it's also thicker heavier weight um so you've really got to control the moisture content to get it as flat as you can.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, any differences, um, the, the resin quality material protects a lot of the paper base from getting that moisture in, whereas fiber base doesn't. Uh, we have um, a conditioning area. Again, moisture content key for us, so we can tweak or um, add a little bit or take a little bit out. We have what we call an intake scanner. and um, Scans the web thousands of times per second. It's looking for changes a signal it can be in reflection or transmission um, so when it scans if it sees say a bubble see a change in signal uh, it sends then a signal and a pattern up to our QC area they're reacting to patterns before they confirm they've got that defect on the film or on the paper uh, hello uh, hi hello. Hello. So this is the control room um, recording machines so everything that we've looked at on that schematic there's hundreds thousands of sensors and everything's been fed back into this control room and is being monitored against the the limits and aims that we've set each parameter so everything's monitored there's hundreds of pages so these guys can't be looking at all them pages in one every one time so um there's alarm systems that then flag up on an alarm page um, that warns them there's something either going awry or... Um, they're color-coded, depending on the color. Some means you've just about got to stop straight away. Others, it's more of a decision on whether you stop now or not. You can see we're coding 45 meters a minute. Um, so this is um, M14's QC area. Um, so this is where we take samples Beginning and end of every roll. No, this is okay. Yeah. Um, so we take beginning and end samples. Um, we look at white light and then we do um, some processed materials. You haven't got any samples, of you, Graham? Sorry. You got any samples? We have
3: got white light. Yeah, that'd be good. Should
1: uh, be good. That just um, blasts it with a bit of light so that it prints out so that... Yeah. So these guys will then inspect um, all the white light and the process samples. Anything that they uh, then identify is then fed onto the computer system to be fed forward to finishing, to either cut out or say it's an error.
3: This is what we... This is from the previous batch of this, so as you can see we've taken the full width, we've processed it with a density of around one, we have a nice little white strip there and then the DMAX black strip because some things you will only see in the DMAX black and Yeah. you have not see anything else. Um, and the reason why we have this little block is this is what we use to do, uh, we take base tints from. So again, we've got standards for that. We have a a Spectralino there that measures the base tint, the amount of white, the amount of blue or yellow to make sure that we're coating within uh, preset standards. Yeah. It's a bit of a first alert as well. Um, Our tolerances tend to be a little bit tighter because they want us to be that first alert that maybe something isn't right. Yeah. So it starts to drift out of spec we Can say to everybody, possibly down in melting, can you just have a quick check that everything you've put in is okay? So, because sometimes it can be it, it can be base,
1: All Right. Okay, we'll move on. Thanks, thank you very
2: much. Thank you.
1: thank you, thank you. I think we're a bit late, so she might have disappeared. Okay, uh, this is your and Lisa's
6: here. sorry again.
1: Uh,
2: Sorry for the wait. <laughs>
1: this is Gaynor here. Hi. Rachel. This is Hi.
2: This Hi. Okay. Um,
1: she manages the finishing area, so both film Sweet. and paper. Amazing. Wow. So,
2: well, we're very excited so, about all these canisters on the way in as well. <laughs> so if
1: you hadn't already guessed, we're in film at the moment. Um, so what? Is AMCL 3 running? Yes. Hey. Let's go and see AMCL. Oh, am. Right.
6: <laughs> 35 mil for set line. Okay. This is where we put the film inside the cassette on the of
3: Yeah.
6: Okay. So the first part of the section is quite loud.
3: Yeah.
6: Empty cassettes. Yeah. Okay. So it's just your standard. Yeah. Put into the cassette. It's a little bit loud so close over. <laughs> that hopper is putting the cassettes all the right way around for us on the line. Yeah. Okay. It's feeding them all the right way. But... So what we're going to do on here is we're going to transfer the roll comes from 14 and it's coated down there. It's sent towards, and it goes into a room upstairs where the machine slits it down into what we call pancakes, okay, so they're all 35 mil wide, various lengths, but it's normally around about five, 600 meters in long. They get transferred onto this line and then we turn this into the finished cassette, which is what we go through now. Empty cassettes into the hopper here. Comes through this conveyor here
0: it's a little fb4 train
6: <laughs> and it's turning the cassettes the right way around and the reason for that is on the opposite side of the cassette there's a barcode and the machine's going to read the barcode and that ensures there's no rogue cassettes get through and make sure that it's just this batch that goes through yeah okay in the mouthpiece of the cassette it's lined with velvet to make it light tight but when we feed the film into this cassette the resistance is quite tight so what we have to do is calibrate the mouthpiece. And that means all the fibres on the velvet are going to be pushed from that to that. yeah. So a piece of metal just goes inside, pushes all the fibres the same way, and then when the film gets fed in, there's less resistance and there's no scratching of the film. Once it's been calibrated, it splits into two conveyors. Feeding two spoolers, the spooler 11, spooler 12. So what happens is, on the other side of this wall is um, the stock point where the pancake sits. So the girls have gone into the dark room, taken the pancake out the light out trolley, put it on the stock point. First part of the process is, is these perforations along the head. So basically what happens is, it goes round this rotary perforating head, yeah. which puts all these perforations along. All the pipes at the top here are suction pipes which are pulling away all these loose perps yeah. so that they don't get caught in the canister or on the film. Once it's perforated, it comes into this box here where the signing takes place. Frame numbers, digit code, batch number, everything's on there. Obviously we can't see it because you need to process it. Yeah. So the film comes through, the machine cuts this hook into the film, set comes along this line here. Goes in, picks this up, takes it inside, it hooks to the spool inside and winds up. So the tail sticking out like that. Right. So both spoolers doing exactly the same thing, okay? Yeah. Coming up over the top, they're now joined into one conveyor again, and they're coming down here and we're going to start tubbing it and packing it. Film carries over I'm the sure. top of the conveyor here traveling on like a baby into this little hopper here. Yeah. There's your films coming in around this little carousel here, dropping into those little buckets. And on here, you've got a flat, pack carton. Yep. Ah. Picks the carton up and opens it up. Pushes the filming from the back. The clipping noise you can hear is, it folds it, Blob of glue to fold it over. Yep. So every clip you can hear, that's a blob of glue going on the boxes. Yeah. So when it comes out the other side, it's now in a closed, glued box. The machine will detect if it's made like that and spit it out. We'll also weigh it to make sure that all the components are right. We haven't got a 24, it's a 36, vice versa. They've got end caps on, the velvet's not missing, everything like that. So if it's not like the weight, it spits it out and has to be checked. So it's then batched on here.
3: Yeah.
6: Like so your batch number and your expiry date, which is done on this machine here. It's here where it collates a pack of 10. And it wraps it into a pack. There's this your cellophane is, here. This is like my brick that we bought at the show. So when it, when the box is full, there's your full carton coming out here. Online labelling system. Again, it's computerised and we make sure we get the right information on the yeah. label. Comes through here onto this little turntable up to the top, and there's the pallet there. So as it stacks, it drops down when yep. the pallet's full. The door opens, takes the full pallet out. This side opens, brings an empty pallet in back up to the top, and it goes again. Brilliant. And how long have you been here? 35 years. Yay! <laughs> 35 <laughs> years in two weeks. <laughs> You've been as well, I, ju- I just
0: beat well. oh, Really? You did, yeah. And were you down in Essex as well before? No. So okay. you started here.
6: I started fresh as a 19 year old. Fresh as a daisy.
0: <laughs> and still fresh as a daisy Absolutely, as well.
6: absolutely. I guess you wouldn't be here if you, you, know, if you didn't no, enjoy this. it's daisy. great. It's a great company to work for, it really is. Awesome. The control department, this is where all the samples come in for the guys to check. And as I say, every pancake, or every start of the film or the batch, comes through here first to be checked and they're checking that there's no defects on the roll there's no fogging or the perforations are the correct size and in the right place Um, and then they use a is it a time 10 curve? that eyeglass times (laughs) the user um, once it's been processed they use one of these times 10 eyeglass and what they do is they close on the box over the top and then they have to examine it like so yeah. and they have to do the full length of the film and they do two films off every single pancake does so sound quite like the busy. most fun job in the world it's it's you get into routine and you and you just I mean some of them go through an FP40 processor some of them go through a dip and dunk tank yeah um, but they're all processed and 100% inspected.
0: And so what sort of defects are you looking for when you're doing these tests? Machine defects mainly, yeah.
6: if the machine's cause a defect. Yeah, scratches. Um, normally when the film comes up towards, it's only been passed by 14, so there shouldn't be any coating defects on there. If there are coating defects on there, they'll be identified and there'll be a measurement and what have you, and they'll send an instruction which to supposed to say, remove this defect from this position and this position. So unidentified faults, well, that's what we're looking for. It's um, not very often we get them. It's, it's only if something's gone wrong on the machine or anything like that, but they have to check just to double, you know, to make yeah. sure. And they're also looking at, there's your, your, your batch, your frame numbers. Okay, and you your four-digit code. So they'll check that. It's clearly, you can read it, yep. that it's identified and it is the right. It's FP4 film and it's been signed FP4. So they're, they're checking for all things like that as well. This is quite special. Come from how they used to do it. Yes. Yeah. Which was all separate areas. You're doing the separate bits. To this, it's just fantastic. The yeah. difference in the two lines now. And like you say, the way it runs and what it can produce and why it's just so different yeah it's so much better
1: because yeah. there used to be hundreds and hundreds of people working in this building alone yeah when it was much more manual yeah 20 30 years ago
0: yeah you said now what 30 take that certain amount of stuff in, in, in? 30 30 in, up, in finishing itself
6: over the two departments yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: yeah 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 it's not very many producing an awful lot of Yeah. No. yeah.
3: yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, that's so we'll head off to synthesizing
6: okay now. To thank
3: you very much time. okay
2: We are rolling. Sorry, okay. do you want to talk us through um, um, what it is that was your role? I, as Michelle says, this is your baby, really, isn't it?
5: Well, yes. Yeah, so we created this dark room for basically training purposes, really. So, when we bring new distributors on board, we can bring them in here and actually, you know, walk them through the products, how they work, give them the training, and things like processing film, making a print. So, we've created this space. I mean, this whole area, this whole floor, in effect, under above us is all dark rooms they're all working dark rooms for product testing and various things. So they're not really kind of suitable spaces. They're all the scientists and that's where they, their workspace. So yeah, we've created a kind of a nice environment. We can use this for content as well. So we've done quite a bit of filming in here. Some of our recent how to type videos have all been created in here as well. So
2: this is for your website? Yeah, um, we use this for content for
5: our YouTube channel. Um, yeah. Social media snippets, things like that, and as I say, training for external visitors, things like that. So, yeah.
2: And um, can you talk us through? Because obviously we're doing this as some audio. Yes. Uh, the facilities that you have.
5: In terms of this room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Basically, we've got um, a large thing. We place this in the centre of the room, and so if, if you're filming, for example, you can film a person. Looking towards the person so they can actually do active demonstrations. So, we've got a range of different processing tanks, mainly Patterson tanks, we've got two Kaiser enlargers, we're probably going to put a third one in at some point. Um, yeah, and basically, it's just we've got a range of different pieces of kit. So, we've got Patterson drying racks, we've got uh, water trays, we've got an old Ulford dryer. Um, again, you know, most people at home would never have something like that, but from from a demonstration purpose, you know, you can make a contact print, shove it through that, and then you can actually have a, a look at it straight away rather than wait for it to dry. Yeah. It's all. It was all dark rooms. This actually used to be an office. So I was just saying, we we kind of took this thing from another dark room upstairs that, yeah, that wasn't. We have used. tech
6: dark rooms upstairs that no one's allowed to see. Yeah, <laughs>
5: I mean, <they're>, they are. as <laughs> pretty is this one? <laughs> where the. Uh, yeah, the scientists kind of go away and work, but we, we kind of took the sink, we took all the sinks. We we got the engineers on site that you know keep all the machinery going, and we got all the plumbing done, and it cost us very little. So same, all the lights were taken from from different dark rooms that were yeah. enlarged as we um you know, pulled in from other rooms that just where well, they weren't being used. So yeah, we we did it on a, a yeah. budget, but it's it's a great space, and is
0: it is it, that you've now got like a little studio space for future productions
2: yeah. yeah a little haven as well a little haven there's something about being in the dark. it's just mm. beautiful. Yeah. it really is, it it is just. it's just <laughs> do you know just switch off that white light and put the red ones it's on straight the right, right, isn't it <laughs> Roxanne yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah sorry I realised we were getting slightly further towards that yeah. but but it is it, it feels straight away I'm like ah oh, peace just and yeah. it's just it the feels like broken homely. yeah yeah. This
5: one Does doesn't amazing.
3: smell like a ring yet. Not yet. We've
5: no, really used been fixing used it yeah. well, for really. the last <laughs> two days, kind of shooting with um, wax, And so yeah, they were making some videos here on site so that. It's just good fun. You know, I think what was nice about yesterday is that Amy, the, one, the lady that was uh, doing the prints, she's a digital shooter and never shot film. And she was processing her own film and making her own prints, and for the first time ever... was this, sorry? This um, was Wex, this was uh, the, you know, the guy from Wex, mm-hmm. and so, you know, after seeing it, she was already yeah. it's yeah. just really the
6: excited.
0: There's version. nothing like it though, is yeah. There isn't, it it's, um, you know, there is now a general generational gap of people who never experienced any of it, and, and therefore don't have any... Comprehension of what what possible value there could be to it because so much of it is a tangible thing that can't be You you can look at pictures and go well, why would I want to do that? That's fine But once people have got their hands on we're doing something Suddenly.
2: Oh, sorry, line I was not line expecting line that. Line so, line that. Line so that was a lovely uh, trick of Matt, who pulled basically the washing line where you would <laughs> normally hang up your print You are um, actually in a
5: washing line. In, in, order to, uh,
2: in order to switch on the white light. <laughs> well, yeah. We were all having a very nice, peaceful oh, time.
5: <laughs> yeah. That's about
0: normal for Matt. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Because, yeah, the thing is, like, once people have had a chance to do this stuff and got hands on, then they just just become ambassadors yeah. for... You need to try this. It's a bit like the the, the, the most modern analog I can a weird choice of words is um, VR. You know everyone's trying to get VR to be a thing now, but like, mm. and everything's thinking, well, until you try it, you've got no comprehension of what it can be like, and it's a bit like that with with making prints with getting done until people try it, then all they're doing is looking at two different pictures on the screen, and going well. That seems easy in that world, known to this It's the
6: magic of the art, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Think yeah. yeah. films the new technology. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of mm-hmm. films are new. they have never used it. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Just for say kids, it's a science, absolutely. isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. You
5: know with that that kind it's of. Just, of Process yeah. is very scientific, but it's also yeah. very creative.
2: Exactly. And exactly. Yeah.
5: yeah. Yeah. It ticks both boxes. And and
2: it? it's kind of done subtly without you noticing as well. It's just yeah. a way of going, oh, but actually, you realise you're doing some chemistry, or you yeah. realise you're doing, yeah. you know, a little bit of physics here. And yeah. and yeah. it's it's sort of already putting that out yeah. there without you going, oh my god, you know, this seems like yeah. really yeah. difficult to comp-, you know, sort of it like is, comprehend. So yeah. It's just fun. It's just fun.
0: Well we should leave you guys Yeah, thank afternoon.
2: you. Bye. Thanks for letting us come in to see it then. No, this is fabulous. You.